it, it, it's a story I wrote in my journal this morning, but uh, let's just say we circled that cow ear about 12 times, Bob, and we could not find our way out of that thing, so, uh, oh my goodness. Could you stand with me, please? This is an amazing passage of Scripture, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It's a very high Christological passage, that whole first, well, the whole book of whole letter of Hebrews. I don't know if you know this, but Hebrews was a sermon. So don't complain about how long I go sometimes. That's 13 chapters, folks. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. Could you read this with me, please? In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. Father, it is to Jesus Christ that we offer up our praise and our thanksgiving, because without his love and sacrifice, we wouldn't be here. We would be lost. We would also not have light, Lord, because John 1 says that he is the light. And, uh, and so, God, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would open our eyes to that, that um, distinct difference. Colossians 1 says that um, we came to Christ and he translated it. He's moved us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And so a lot of those things, Lord, we need to be reminded of at this time of year. So grace us with your presence, Holy Spirit. Teach us through your word. Give us what we need to be fed today. Uh, to be reminded that we indeed are people of light, Ephesians 5, and that we are to live that way as well. So guide us, we pray, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, please, amen. Thank you, church. <clears throat> My father died on December 22nd, 2001, at the age of 61. God's gift to me was that my father received Christ as a savior at the age of 60. Uh, so my dad is in heaven. And uh, I was a worship pastor when that happened on December 22nd. And I led a full-born uh, praise service on December 24th as a Christmas Eve service. And I never celebrated as much, I think, as that night. Uh, just to give thanks to Jesus for what he did in my dad's life. Uh, every day I miss him, as you all do, that have lost loved ones. Um, and we all handle that difficulty in different ways. Um, my mother longed for a word from my dad. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody today. To know that he was okay, that, uh, that he was well, wherever that was. And she began watching a man on television by the name of John Edwards. His program was called Crossing Over. Anybody ever know that? John Edward is an internationally known psychic medium who supposedly speaks to people on the other side. Now, I didn't want to come right out and tell my mom what I thought about this. She just lost my dad. She also claimed to be a follower of Christ. So this was incompatible. 
So I listened very, very carefully, watched a few programs with her. The things that he told people, private conversations that deceased, uh, the deceased had had with that person who was, was there at the, at the meeting or the show, special items of interest that were specifically connected with the deceased person that John Edwards could have n- never known. You know, this, this all seemed to be true because the, the person receiving the information kept going, oh my gosh, that's right. How did you know? That was spoken to me in private. This was done years ago and we were on a trip together. Nobody would have known that. This was all true. And the fact of the matter was, it was. It was all true. But the great deception was it wasn't coming from their loved one. It was coming from a demon. And that's what we have to be reminded of. Some might would uh, would say, well, they probably had people out doing research on pre-selected people. That came to my mind, but not very long. Because I understood the demonic world. You may think that you're having that conversation in private. Uh, And that may be true in the flesh, but it's not true in the spirit world. There are demons all around. I thought about that this week, and I went on John Edwards' website just to see if he was still out there. He is alive and kicking. He is booked sop for years. Excuse me. It's dry in here today. And Satan's been after me this week, by the way, because of this message, I can guarantee you it is. He is fully booked for years. And I read on his biography, it said that he has helped and given hope to millions of people. And my first word that I want to say is genuinely, he probably has. But in reality, it's been false hope because it's not been from the true and living God. I want us to look at what God says about mediums and psychics and Jesus from an Old Testament book. It's the book of Deuteronomy. Could you turn there with me, please, to Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 9. Deuteronomy chapter 18 and 9. It's part of the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy 18 and verse 9. I'm going to be taking you to a prophetic verse that comes in verse 15, uh, but it's on the heels of this discussion itself. Deuteronomy 18 and 9. It says, when you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. There are three words in that passage that I've underlined that I want to focus on. The first church is learn. The second is imitate. And the third is detestable. Or if you have the word abomination, it's there as well. 
To learn means that whatever's going on here needed to come from instruction, by the way. It's not inherent in you. Someone must teach you or you must observe something and then try to repeat it, which leads us then to the second word, which is the word to imitate. We're not to, to follow, in other words, the examples that the world puts before us um, to observe, to learn from, or to imitate from. The Lord is saying, I don't want you to do that, which leads to that third word, which is detestable, or as I said, some translations have an abomination. It's how God views this from a holy, sovereign, and divine morality the word actually means this. It is a thing that should not be brought before God because it arouses his wrath. Shortened, that which arouses God's wrath. It could also mean something or someone ritually or relationally unacceptable or unclean before God as well. Well, what is the practice that's so detestable to God? Let's take a look at the next verse. verses, actually, 10 to 18. Now, this is a package deal, church, um, and I'm going to have to explain 10 uh, so that it fits with 10b and into 11 uh, because it's not speaking about something different. It's all one thing. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination, or sorcery, or interprets omens, or engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium, or a spiritist, or who consults the dead. I want to take the first one, and I'm not really going to go through these because uh, they're very similar in, in origin. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire. I want to give you another passage of scripture just for notes. Leviticus 18 and 21, regarding uh, that passage, it says, Do not give any of your children to be sacrificed to Molech, for you must not profane the name of, of your God. And this is the, the significant sentence after this. And it's, it's emphatic. I am the Lord God. Do you see the juxtaposition there? Don't give your kids to this false God because, church, I am God, I am the Lord God. I'm the true one. You're sacrificing your, your children to demons. Not only do we know that in the Old Testament, Paul tells us that in the New Testament, by the way. These false idols, these false gods that you're making, and he puts gods in there, and he puts a parenthetical, and he says, but they're not really gods. They're demonic, they're demonic entities. You're worshiping uh, Satan or his emissaries. Uh, and that's a significant part of that. So, uh, what does that have to do with anything? Well, all of these practices are done with selfish motivation. You're seeking something. You're seeking a higher knowledge. You're seeking the future. You're seeking a, a deeper truth. All of that comes back for selfish gain. So, when they were offering their children in sacrifice, they weren't doing it simply out of worship. They were doing it to get something out of that. There was a reward that they were looking for or some sort of knowledge that they were looking for. We, we see the benefits of a lot of these things actually throughout the scriptures. It might be for prosperity, financial gain, 
We see the combination of this in Acts 16, 19, if you'll just note that, because I've got a little longer sermon today, that there was a fortune-telling demon that was going around and uh, sort of like a little fortune-teller booth, you know, that people would come to this girl, and Paul got sick and tired of her following after him, and he turned around and cast the demon out to the chagrin of of her owners, by the way, because she was a moneymaker for him. It might be the knowledge of the future, the famous story that we've got in the scripture of the witch of Endor. Do you remember that with King Saul, 1 Samuel 28? It's a fantastic story, by the way. When we get done with Revelation in Sunday school in 2028, we might go back and grab a hold of that story because it is... It is one of the only narratives in the Old Testament that gives us an indication of the afterlife. The Old Testament is very vague about that. You've got Sheol, you've got lower Sheol, uh, but outside of that, you don't have a lot of narratives of stories that tell us about what goes on when a person dies. Uh, When David lost his baby, when he lost his son, all he says is, he shall not come to me, but I shall go to, to him. Uh, It says nothing about that. It just says it's a one-way street. That's about all it says. But Saul went to a witch of the Endor, which he had actually um, cast out of his kingdom, by the way. Uh, The very fact that they knew where she was is interesting as well, because they were supposed to kill all those people. And she was asked to bring up Samuel from the dead. And Samuel came to her shock, by the way, By the way, Samuel didn't come back from the dead as in Lazarus. He showed up as a spirit. Um, That's part of that in 1 Sam 28. But why did Saul bring him up? He wanted to know the future. How was the battle going to happen? And unfortunately, Samuel had bad news. He said, this day you and your sons will be with me. Uh, So people go to... Uh, these individuals to know the future. Um, Some go because they want to know the outcome of a war. Ezekiel 21 and 21, the king of Babylon, it said it will stop at the fork in the road at the junction of the two roads to seek an omen. He will cast lots with arrows. They used to take arrows and throw them down and a diviner would divine how they fell as in the direction of the war. They would cut open animals and use their entrails, their, their intestines, uh, liver and spleen, the organs, uh, and search through them to, to find uh, certain designs or whatever uh, that would indicate whether a battle was going to go their way. All of those things are replete throughout the Scriptures. The most famous, actually, in the Scriptures is in Acts 8 with Simon Magus. Uh, Simon the Magician, uh, if you remember that uh, instance with Philip. God is going to reiterate the view that he has on this, by the way. Let me just read this before I move on. Uh, Outside of sacrificing your sons, practicing divination, divining, or sorcery, conjuring up the afterworld, interpreting omens, uh, that comes in various ways. They sometimes use rocks. Sometimes they use uh, things in the world. It's very New Age-ish, Wiccan-type things. Engages in witchcraft, caster spells, who's a medium, a spiritist, a necromancer who consults the dead. By the way, just a real clarification, all witches are not the same. If you are a Wicca, 
That's a white witch. All right. Remember, uh, remember Stevie Nicks from, what is that? Yeah, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, if you're listening to rock and roll, she was a white witch. Um, those are New Age witches. Uh, they're not evil witches. Jeez. They're not evil. In fact, I've read the Wiccan Covenant because uh, I had to do a series of studies on this. Uh, they are very New Age-ish, and um, they have a covenant to do no harm to anything. Uh, there are black witches, uh, black magic witches. Those are very, very demonic. I moved to Alpena, Michigan, uh, the bastion of witchcraft, by the way. I didn't know that when I moved up there. But within a week, I got an email welcoming me to Alpena, Michigan. I said, oh, this is great. What's this group? Oh, they said that they have proclaimed curses over me and my family, uh, that uh, they're hopeful that I'll have a quick death while I'm here, all kinds of things. And I said, well, praise Jesus. Um, didn't bother me. Eight and 12, please. Anyone who does these things is what? Is detestable to the Lord. Because these same detestable practices, the Lord your God is going to drive out those nations before you. In other words, there's dire consequences to playing with this stuff. All right? Uh, it's the reason that all those nations, one of those na all those nations were actually removed from the promised land, at least partially, a partial problem. All right? Um, this is 15. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you dispossess, listen to those who practice sorcery or divination. No, 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 no. But as for you, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do so. Don't get involved with that stuff. And all God's people said, please. Whew. 15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites, and you must listen to him. For this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb at the day of assembly when you said, let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God nor see his, uh, this great fire anymore or we will die. And the Lord said to me, what they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites and I will put my words in their mouth and he will tell them everything that I commanded him. Mount Horeb is another word for Mount Sinai. So this is where they received the law. Uh, God said, let them come up and worship me. They saw the mountain on fire, the thunder, the earthquake, and they said, hey, uh, Moses, why don't you go up before us? We don't want to, <laughs> we're, we're okay back here. Um, and that's what this is about, by the way. And the, in order to understand this text, you have to really look at, at the first verse. This is a prophetic word, by the way. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet. What does a prophet do? Remember the difference between a prophet and a priest. A priest goes to God on behalf of the people. A prophet goes to the people on behalf of God. So this whole context is about hearing. It's about hearing a word, about getting a word of knowledge, about understanding things. And God is saying, do not go to the demons for that. You come to me for that. I've raised up Moses who gave you the word of God, the Decalogue, and, and much, much more. And by the way, I'm going to raise up another prophet that's just like Moses, and that's the key, by the way. Who is the only prophet that arose 
who was just like Moses. Here's the caveat, parenthetical. Moses spoke to God face to face. What other prophet did that? You read this at the beginning of our time together in Hebrews 1. There's only one other person that spoke to God face to face. And his name is Jesus, who is our prophet, our priest, and our king. This is a prophetic, this is a Christological prophecy that's speaking to Jesus. When he arises, when he comes, you must listen to him uh, because he has the words. And that's where that focus is all about. So don't listen to this group over here because they're getting the information from satanic, demonic sources. They will give you some truth, but in the end, their job is to do what? To lie, to deceive, to destroy. That's where they're taking you. There is a way that seems right unto a man. Proverbs 14 and 16, it's duplicated in that. But in the end, it leads to, church, it leads to death. You don't want to go down that path. But it's so seductive and it's so subtle sometimes and people get caught within that space. And so I want to ask that you'll follow me very quickly in the time that we've got left and I want to give you some sort of ideas. My goodness, my spacing went out on this one as well. Sorry about that. It looks good on my computer, but when it gets transitioned, I don't know what happens. Number one, witchcraft, sorcery, astrology, necromancy, talking to the dead, etc. They all have their origin with who, church? Satan or his demons. I used to go to the Chinese restaurant a lot. And at the end of your meal, you'll get what? We used to joke and say, hey, let's see what God has to say for us today. Oh, I've got my winning lottery number numbers and, uh, you know, we have fun and games with that. But there are other things that happen where that's, this is just clearly demonic inactivity. Number two, these actions are church. That's what God says they are. They're detestable. They're an abomination to God and are to be avoided and rejected. Don't mess with this stuff. It may seem fun, but eventually the dark side of this will be revealed and it will be very, very difficult to get out. That's a black hole, church. You don't want to go down it. It makes it very, very hard. All right. Three. Church. Study. Study your Bible on these topics. Why? Ignorance will lead you down a bad path. If you don't know what God's Word says about something it's going to look good. It's going to look acceptable. Those types of things. All right? I love my mother to death beyond what I can speak of, but my mother's never really been a good student of the Scriptures, which is where she got caught. Does that make sense? All right? There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the ends thereof, they do lead to death. The Scriptures are your life. Study them. And it'll keep you out of, out of uh, some quicksand. Number four, salvation comes by faith in the finished work and person of Jesus and not through church or a denomination or through any type of spirituality, by the way, if I might add. All right? 
Why do I say that? I say that for this reason. It saddens me when I hear young people say, well, I used to be a Christian, but it didn't do anything for me. So I left the church and now I'm a Buddhist or a Hindu or I'm into New Ageism. I'm a, I'm a Wicca. Newsflash, you never met Jesus. You never did. Because if you met the true Redeemer and salvation of your soul, you would not leave him. That's the truth of those types of things. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Peter said this a couple of weeks ago when we had communion with each other in John 6. He said, Jesus said, when everybody was leaving and departing, he went to his 12 and said, are you guys going to go too? And Peter said, where do we go? You have the words of eternal life. John wrote in 1 John, there was a group of people that they just up and left the church. And John said they left because they were what? They were never part of us in the first place. They played games with Jesus. They played games with the church. But they were never part of us in the first place. They were never saved. They were spiritual people, but they were never saved people. That's why salvation comes in and through the person of Christ and in him alone. All right? Jesus didn't come into this world so that we could be spiritual or more spiritual. He came so that we might be saved from our sin. And this is the subtle deception church, especially this time of year, because people want spiritual experiences. They want to know the power. They want to have this experience with whatever it might be. If you're looking for spiritual experiences, our enemy will give you more than ample amount of them. But you won't be saved. Because you're seeking that which isn't solving the problem. The problem is a sin problem. The problem is not a spiritual problem. And all God's people said, please. There's a brokenness that God is seeking to, 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 to cover over. He's not looking to make you more spiritual in that type of, of sense. And so we've got to be careful about such things. Five, be discerning in your entertainment. All right? Now, I have a long caveat with this one, a long explanation. The first is, is I'm not a legalist about this stuff. I grew up watching Bewitched. Can I get an amen? My kids still pull out Disney's Hocus Pocus. I've watched all the Harry Potter movies. My grandkids just gave me a movie review on the new Adams Family film. Um, none of those things has influenced me to go out and buy a wand and a book of magic spells or reject Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I hasn't done that. However, there are those who are not so grounded in their faith and whose separation from such things must be extreme. You know, I can go into a bar with a friend and not struggle. You know why? I don't drink. I never have. I've never been consumed with that. And so to go to a place like that has no effect on me. 
Other people cannot do that. And all God's people said, know your limitations. All right? There needs to be a separation at times in regards to this. Now, there's a lot of things you don't know about me. Um, I cannot watch scary horror films. Neither should I. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. <clears throat> when I was a kid, I did. Um, I, I was enamored with that stuff. I was enamored, by the way, since I was a child. Um, and this is the scary thing about this. I have had a sense of the presence of demonic beings in rooms and on people since I was a very, very small child. I have dealt with haunted houses, and I'm not talking about the ones you pay admission to. I'm talking about the ones that had a demonic entity in it. I have dealt with haunted property. I have dealt with demonically possessed individuals, one who attacked me at church by the way. Uh, Deb and I went to a funeral ho uh, home one time. I'm going to wrap this up. I got out of my car. It was a funeral home I'd never been to. Um, a gentleman, one of my worship leaders, dad got killed in a tractor accident. And I was heading, we were heading to the funeral home out in the middle of the boonies. I don't know where it was even at. Deb was with me. As soon as I stepped out of the car, I stopped. And I told her, there's something wrong here. There's a demonic influence, and it's powerful, and it's heavy. I said, look at my arms. I got goosebumps. Hair in the back of my neck stood up. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what am I walking into? So I walked into this funeral home, and the presence of something wicked was just rushing over me. And it was like I was walking head into a torrent of of whatever it might have been coming at me, and I was just praying, oh, Lord, let this man's death not be this. This, I don't, I don't want my, my friend's dad to be involved in something demonic where this is coming through. And, and I walked into the funeral home, and I didn't recognize anybody. I thought, gosh, am I in the wrong place? So I asked the funeral home director, I said, uh, hey, I'm looking for this person's father. And he goes, oh, no, 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 he's back down around the room. It's a small viewing area. I said, okay. I just couldn't wait to get out of there. As soon as I walked into the room, the atmosphere changed and peace came over me. His dad was a believer. Does that make sense? Um, you know, I, I didn't have parents that were high church people. They didn't go to church a lot. And they didn't engage me in the spirit world. And they didn't tell me this. They didn't tell me there's no such things as ghosts. And I'm glad. Um, because it made me sensitive to the spirit world. Does that make sense? Uh, not in ways that I've enjoyed. Um, but in ways that God has been able to, uh, to use me. Um, to bring deliverance to some people. If you are a parent and you've not chosen to expose yourself or your kids to the entertainment, I say amen and amen and amen. I applaud you. I applaud you. But just make sure that you're teaching them about the spirit world. 
because it's just as real. And that's where God works. Um, don't tell your kids that there's no such things as ghosts. Change the language. Say that there's a world that's dark and demonic. You don't have to be afraid of it, by the way. Um, don't set them up for spiritual failure. Set them up for spiritual success. And one of the last passages that I want to give you is one that you just need to memorize at this time of year. It's this. I've had people say, Dan, how can you go do that stuff? I said, well, a whole lot of prayer, a whole lot of getting my own heart right before I walk into something like that. And I always have this verse in my heart, greater is he that's in you than he's in the world. Uh, I'm not going to worry about it. God will lead me, and I'll take care of it. Here's the point I want to make, and that is um, it, it, I may, may have this wrong generationally, but the older generation didn't seem to navigate this as much, but the younger generation with this whole idea of spiritualism, I want to be spiritual, but I don't want to be religious. Have you heard that out there in the world? I want to be spiritual, but I don't want to be religious. I don't want to be tied to any church. You know, I don't want to be tied to one, uh, one flavor or, 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 or one particular religion. You know, I, I just want to explore. I, I, I say amen to the exploring, but at the end of the day, there's only one truth, and it's in Christ. And there's a whole lot of deception out there. And there's a whole lot of people that are looking for power and they're looking for experiences. And the vast majority of that are not, they're not from God, they're from Satan. And so we have to pray against that and ask God to just keep us and all God's people said, please. Yeah, so let's do that. Can we pray? Father, we thank you for your goodness. And this time of year, all this stuff usually flies around, Halloween stuff. And some of it's, most of it's just fun, Lord, but... There's a, there's a truth to it. We need to acknowledge it, and we need to get after it, Lord. Um, that there is darkness, and there is light. Uh, there is the things of God, and there's the things of Satan. And uh, Father, we don't want to promote the darkness. Uh, we don't want to enjoy it and revel in it. Uh, Father, we want to seek the things of God. Give us... Um, Give us grace with each other as we wrestle with Christian liberty on these issues, Lord. Uh, but my, my prayer is that especially our younger people, millennials on down, 30s on down, that they would not caught up, get caught up in this new language that's flying out there, Lord, of I want to be spiritual. They don't even have a clue what that means, Lord. And it leads them to places that are very, very detrimental for their soul. So, Father, may the way, the truth, and the life be strong. May the light be bright. Uh, may the power of God eclipse anything that Satan can offer. Uh, may the experience of knowing Jesus and being filled with the Holy Spirit uh, be far more richer and sweeter than anything that Satan can offer us, Lord. And so, Father, as we're handing out uh, candy this in a couple weeks, uh, may the sweetness of God surpass that as well, we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, please. Amen. Thank you, church. God's peace.